What's happening, weirdo? This audiobook. I think you do that every time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. We're but, trying to bring back okay like that. Okay. okay. I thought this was a judgment-free zone, but okay. I never agreed to that. Mm. <laughs> Welcome. We, we were just talking about we should name these episodes. I don't know what to name this one, though. Polishing the Mirror. We talk a lot about that. But, but I wish just, it was funny. And we talk so much about a lot of different things. It's like, you can't just... It's a smorgs. Look, the schmorgs. It takes an act of faith just clicking on a boring ass description and listening, but I really like this episode a lot. Yeah, I, I think love this it. was a good one. And I love meeting with you guys every week, and it means a lot to me. And from the messages, it means a lot to a lot of you, and that means a lot even back to us. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just take a just take a break. Take Belle. it easy, buddy. It's all right. It means so much. The best way to support the show, if you enjoy the show and you want to show us some love, is to try one of the Pete's picks. Uh, the first Pete's pick is me undies. I'm currently wearing moose. It's mooses, owls, and snowmen mm. on like an aqua background. <laughs> that, when, Are you sure they're not reindeer then? No, that's a moose. You're right. That's a moose. It's like a winter moose. But these are my Christmas PJ, uh, undies. Mm-hmm. Although I do have me undies loungewear. Mm-hmm. I do have me undies onesies. They're so soft. They're so comfortable. I actually get the 3X because I like them a little bit loose, looser mm-hmm. than uh, maybe some. Uh, but I highly recommend them. Both Val and I did a complete me undies overhaul. And it's the new year, and the new year means we all get to hit that beautiful refresh button. There's no actual button, unless you're talking about refreshing your undies drawer. Do you like that? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Then yes, there's a button for that. But your your MeUndies drawer... Never mind. <laughs> I'm saying the people listening can refresh their undies drawer. I don't need to refresh okay. because I'm a member of their membership, which means I get fresh, new, cool, fun patterns. Yep. Because I click surprise me. You can say classic. You can say fun. You can say surprise me. You know I'm going to click surprise me. Yeah. So I get. I'm actually not even embarrassed at how excited I am to get my cool little me undies bag. I open it up. Uh, sometimes it's socks. Sometimes it's underwear. Sometimes it's uh, loungewear. I love it. It's always a fun surprise and keeps me stocked. But maybe you guys would like to refresh your undies drawer and show your support of the show and there is a button for that and after the year we just had me undies wants you to take some much deserved time for yourself in the softies undies and loungewear get them delivered to your door with the click of a button uh now that it's dark out at like four <laughs> you may want to just stay in and become one with your couch me undies gets it that's why they want to help you step up your cozy game their loungewear and undies as i mentioned are super soft and come in everything from classic to adventurous and they're literally made for your couch and guess what you don't even have to leave the couch to when you get a me undies membership a subscription as i mentioned that sends new pairs right to your door with site-wide savings and exclusive deals you'll automatically pay less for everything and show your support they got a great offer for weirdos for any first-time purchase you get 15 percent off and free shipping they also have a problem-free philosophy akun matat style (laughs) if you're not satisfied with any product for any reason they'll refund or exchange no caveats no questions so show your support 
We really appreciate it. And get some great underwear. Everybody needs undies. Go to meundies.com slash weird for 15% off your first order and free shipping. That's meundies.com slash weird. I wonder how well... Can you do the Alpha Brain ad? No. All right. <laughs> for the past six years... I bet years, if I took one, I could. <laughs> oh, my God. That was good. Yeah. Off the cuff. Yeah. For the past six years, anything that I do that requires my brain, which is a lot of different things... Uh, when I was acting, when I was writing scripts, doing stand-up, having a date with Val, or every episode of this podcast, every single episode, I've taken two or sometimes three Alpha Brain 15 minutes before. It is such a noticeable difference. You feel that your brain has the earth-grown nutrition it needs to function at its peak performance. It's uh, helped support memory and focus. It's not a stimulant. It's not like caffeine. It doesn't get you excited or keep you up. It just gives your brain the nutrition that it needs. It's a nootropic. It's like, it's like fish food for your brain. There it is. It's like fish food. <laughs> That's a PD original. Fish food for your brain. I have it in my car. I have it in my travel bag, my backpack. I have it in the pockets of my hoodies. I never don't have Alpha Brain nearby. That's how much it means to me. And you can try it and see if you like it, whatever you're using your brain for. I I personally would be like, it's going to make a difference. That is my experience. It's going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference. <laughs> It's unbelievable. It's such a game changer. Try it. See if you like it. And show your support of this show that we love that you listen to and we would appreciate it. Go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird for 10% everything you see on that landing page. That's onnit.com slash weird. Try some Alpha Brain. Uh, it's changed my life. I'm not just saying that. It's changed my life. Yeah, I've been a witness to that. All right, folks. And I just sent some to your mom. I know. Oh, so, uh, a fan noticed that the last, I think last week we did a, a ad for on it, and I said, and you got my mom on it, and they. Uh, oh, there you go, and I got your mom on it. Yeah, I got the whole. Well, I got a lot of the writers at, uh, for crashing on it, and a lot of the writers I know in general on it. I'm not going to name drop, but a lot of my friends, fancy friends, have yeah. now swear by Alpha Brain as well. All right, guys, that's it. Enjoy. We made it weird. Number twenty-one. 21. This is the first time you're listening. They're they're all pretty evergreen. Enjoy all of them. But the yeah. conceit is, this is the only night we have our, our nanny, uh, and we get a date, and this is how we spend it. We spend it with you guys. That's right. So... Get... Go ahead. Get into it. <laughs> I like that. Very, very... Do not say it. No. I was <laughs> going to say very, like, sort of... I, I don't... Plain sounds bad, but I meant, like... Good. Yeah, just no like frills. the classics. I like it. It's a, it's classic Coke. It's not cherry Coke. Yeah. It's not diet vanilla Coke. Just get into it. We don't care about the young folks. You're clapping too loud. See, it's peaking. Do it. Yeah, soft clap. Softer. Softer. <laughs> this is also you... Doing that thing you do. We don't care about the young folks. Making my heart into a million pieces. Like you always do. I was just, this morning. And I try and try. Okay. Because, thank you. (laughs) Because I interviewed uh, or had a chat with Paul Bettany last night, I don't think it's a... Any secret that we're best friends. (laughs) OMG, no. No. <laughs> and he's not even. I know. The problem is a guy who sounds like, who says that, who does mean it to be like, aren't I the coolest? 
<laughs> and a guy who I sincerely didn't, uh, you sound exactly the same. Yes. Because one has learned to imitate the other. That's true. Yeah. I was only making fun of the tone of it. I wasn't, no. I well, think you were saying it's, that. it's right there. It's the right choice. It's the right <laughs> moment. If I say I was talking to Paul, I think Paul Bettany's cool, too. Yeah, he's super cool and but, sexy. Oh, he's really he oh, is. Oh, he's really. We sexy. watched Uncle Frank. I don't know why I backed off saying sexy. He's sexy. He's super sexy. Who do we love that isn't sexy? Like Tom Hanks, not sexy. Mm, I would say there's yeah. yeah I'd be his neighbor. <laughs> I wouldn't kick him I, out of bed for eating I'd, crackers. I'm basing that on Baba uh, Baba. Ba, ba. Bar- Barbara Walters said, "You're handsome, but you're not sexy." Well, and, uh, and he, she knows. Well, she knows. <laughs> if anyone's lighting fires, it's Barbara Wawa. <laughs> Baba Wawa. Baba Wawa is moistening panties and raisin bones. Uh, I mean, sure she is. I don't want to make her sound bad. Whatever. You say, who's the authority is what we're saying. Yes. Who's the authority? Who's the authority? Because I'm sure Barbara Wawa does wet in lots of pants and raise <laughs> oh, lots of God. bones. Um, but I'm sure T. Hanks says too. Yeah. Yeah. Quite but, famously, Rita Wilson's. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> They've been married a long time. Well, you know. I hope it's not a bridge of spies. <laughs> I'm trying my best. <laughs> I did my best. <laughs> I did my best. <laughs> Jane Cook was the guest this week. I did my best. It's one of my favorite. We say I did my best. Bits. I think I told him. Did you? Because when a joke infects your life, (laughs) infects is too strong, but like becomes like when you're young and you have uh, inside jokes, but the inside jokes are just like, oh, righty then, you know? Yeah. It's been a great privilege of mine. Like if people say, um... What you you don't know? What is it? What you know about green eggs and ham? <laughs> you, don't, ah! you don't know very much about green eggs and ham, sir. I don't know. Oh my god! And somebody, a couple of people on Twitter, is very nice. Were saying that they can't see a trumpet without thinking of my trumpet bit. Mm. This, these are fans, and it's very it's very nice. Yeah, and I like that. And yeah. and then similarly, I did my best. Is just such a great bit because you think of it when you're crying. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it like makes you kind of laugh when you're crying. It takes you out of it just a little bit. If you're laughing, how how sad can you or how lost in it can you be? Yeah. So anyway, my punto was I interviewed Paul Bettany and I think this is just how our subconscious works. We were laughing at how impressionable we are. I got an email from Papa, no, from Fresh Brothers. Mm. And I actually opened it just to unsubscribe. Mm -hmm. Although I do like Fresh Brothers. They have vegan cheese and they have cauliflower crust. And they have Impossible Meat. So I'm I'm into it. There's your free ad, PJs. (laughs) It's not Papa John's. It's uh, (laughs) FB's. It's not Facebook. It's Fresh Brothers. But, um, so there's your ad. <laughs> uh, there's your free ad, baby. You get what you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fresh ingredients, fresh pizza, fresh brothers. <laughs> On the upside, their founder isn't batshit. I mean, isn't Papa John batshit? Is he? 
Well, I wish one of us knew. I think there was a big thing where he was like, a reckoning is coming because he was fired from his own company for being racist or something. Oh, boy. I'm proud to say I don't have the details on that. Yeah. Uh, because other people can pay attention to I, I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and let that one go. Yeah. But no, just the gist. Mm-hmm. That's what this podcast should be called, just the gist. <laughs> Which is absolutely the opposite of what we do. <laughs> that is absolutely true. High five. We, we missed. Better. What were you? Uh, no, so you were I'm, I'm, making, oh, I'm almost, yeah. You got it? I'm okay. talking too much. Just like the Fresh Brothers email that I opened just to mark it as spam so it would unsubscribe me so I wouldn't get it because I'm tired of spam. I have a lot of spam. Yeah, and they have a lot of spam on their pizza. Oh my God, you're fun. <laughs> that night when you said, what should we get for dinner? I, my brain thought, Fresh Brother. I, we didn't. Yeah. But I was like, oh fuck. And that actually, before I get to the Paul Bettany thing, I want to open with this. That wasn't the Paul Bettany thing? We're almost there. Okay. <laughs> it has been. We're a, Every we're a day is road. We're a Smurf pube away. <laughs> I you know, Papa, Papa Smurf has a very thick white bush. Yeah, that's long pubes. And I, I'm going to join every comedian in the 80s and be like, why was there only one woman? Oh, yeah. And also, what the fuck was it? Yes. And it was, an <laughs> remember, it's an anti-Semitic because um, Gargamel sort of has, you know, kind of Semitic features. Uh-huh. Semitic's an okay term, right? It just means... I think so. Yeah, from yeah. a certain region. Yeah. Like, like you know, he's got a big nose and he's very greedy. He wants mm. the Smurfs to turn them into gold. And then I was like, that's stupid. But then they were like, his cat's name is Azrael. Oh. Like Israel. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, go ahead and give that and why He-Man is racist to Google. Oh, boy. I don't even know the He-Man one. So anyway, my point is, my brain saw an email, and I was conscious. Conscious, I was like, this is stupid. I don't want these emails anymore. Mm. But one HTML embedded image of a pizza, and you asked me what I wanted to eat. And, I, and I, like as I'm saying this, guys, we're part of this experiment. A good number of us, yeah. maybe us. Yeah. Are going to order Fresh Brothers tonight? Yeah, this is okay. Let's not let's not resist it. Let's not be upset about it. Mm-hmm. But that's what the reading is about. And then I'll tell you we're a Smurf pube away from what I was going to tell you about PB 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 and J. <laughs> um, it's called wiping the mirror. And I think this, like everything Richie Rohr writes in just this, is everything. Yeah, this I is the think, whole thing. Yeah, and it's one page, so yeah. it's a short one. Wow. The Zen Buddhist masters tell us we need to, quote, wipe the mirror of our minds and hearts in order to see what's there without our distortions or even our explanations. Not what we're afraid is there, not what we wish was there, but what is actually there. We had this, we were talking about, I, you know, it's a, it's a big thing in Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. It's like you see a rope in the, in the jungle. Yeah. You think the rope is a snake. Yeah. And that is a certain type of unknowing. Mm. Like, it's a certain type of ignorance. It's a certain type of conditioning that your brain does. Uh I was thinking today that me and my friend, it was Ern. Me and Ern were walking up my street, and we found a bag of beer. We found a bag. It's the... And we were in high school. 
It was every kid's dream to find a bag. It was Budweiser cans of beer in a plastic bag on the side of the road. Wow. And I took control of the situation. And I was like, well, we're not going to drink it. We probably considered drinking it. But I was like, let's not drink it. Let's just throw them because it's carbonated and they'll explode. Mm-hmm. So we did. And they did. It was fun. Uh-huh. It's kind of a pleasant memory. Me and Ern just hucking these beers and I was sort of straight edge at the time and sort of like a punk rock way. So it felt kind of cool yeah. to be like, fuck these beers. Yeah, I want to clear mine so I could rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> that was the name of Minor Threat's second album. I want to clear mine so I can rock and roll. I don't know that much about straight edge culture, but that's what I always imagined it was. <laughs> oh my God, it's very, very similar. <laughs> Uh, and, and a lot of, I was not the first Christian to co-opt mm-hmm. straight edge culture because they seemed so badass. Yeah. They'd get the X's on their hands at shows and they, uh-huh. they were proud of it. And man, I loved it. And I still stand by it. Like, although there are some bands that could, could have used a few Michelob Ultras <laughs> right now. Come on. It's anything right now. I think that's Van Halen. <laughs> They could have used a Chardonnay and maybe a, a few lines of something. Not cocaine, but let's get some. <laughs> were they punk and were they straight edge? Van Halen? Yeah. No, I'm just saying that wasn't rocking enough for me. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah. Although uh, James Hetfield got sober mm. and still writes incredible metal music as far as oh, I'm concerned. Cool. And, it, and then that happened with us today. Remember we were walking. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't finish the story. So the Hartmans, which were uh, a family down the street from us, uh, Jeremy Hartman's dad saw me and Ern throwing beers. And he did this. Um, Not what we're afraid is there, not what we wish was there, but what is actually there. So much of the time we're seeing a snake because we're in the jungle, but really it's a rope. And this is the cause of a lot of suffering. Mm -hmm. and also creates, in this case, suffering for others. He saw two 14, 15-year-old boys throwing beers. Mm -hmm. Who does that? Drunk boys. Ah. So he told my parents, uh, I saw Peter drunk throwing beers on the street. Ah. He added drunk. Wow. That's not a snake. It's a rope. Yeah. It was a rope. Yeah. But my reputation, I know yours was just as sterling. Yeah. My mom said, he saw you drunk. And I was like... No, we just found a bag of beers and we thought we threw them. And she was like, got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is the best. Yes. It's like, it's not spoken enough about, in my opinion, the perks of being the, a good kid. The, the story of the boy who cried wolf, like, really worked on me where I was like, just have a, don't lie. And then people will always believe what you say. That's right. <laughs> Uh, and you got, it wasn't just a card to avoid a punishment. If like I was not as, again, I'll say sterling as I had been just mm-hmm. boring and always home, yeah, you know, same. just reading or farting in the basement. <laughs> or talking to our mothers. Or yeah, yeah <laughs> relating to my mother as a peer. <laughs> yeah, having really deep conversations with mom. <laughs> Even though I was 12, <laughs> gossiping about dad. The, the, I was paying into a system that mm-hmm. if I wanted to do something that was fun and a little 
rambunctious. Yeah. No one would have thought I was drunk. Also, I just had that brain. I was like, what, I'm going to drink. Let's say there were four beers. I'm going to drink two beers with Ern real quick. And then I'll go home and you smell like beer. Like yeah. every, everyone will know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. The, it's maybe so- if it was a bag of beers and a thing of scope and a change of clothes. <laughs> like, I don't know. Gosh. <laughs> what were you saying? I also, though, would have been like, where were you throwing these beers? Like, I feel like I would have made my kid go pick them up. Was it serious littering? I like that. Mm. I, You know, my family... I wonder if she did make us go pick them up. I, I doubt it. It was the 80s. It we, was the 80s. We were treating this planet, and we still well, do, but we were really treating this planet like a garbage can. Like, outside is as good as a garbage can to people. Right. She was like, I don't want you to be drunk. That's undignified. But so is public service. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, my God. But you and I were walking. Remember? I think it was today. I'm so tired. We, we did Leela really, today. Leela really rocked us last night. And I'm very excited to be talking with you, and I love you. But we went on our walk today, and I said the snake rope, rope snake thing, because I saw something. My point is, and Richie's point is, I'm going to finish the reading. It's not done. That wasn't that (sighs) mind-blowing. But Richard Richard Rohr makes this brilliant point that everybody, even if you're completely a-spiritual, will benefit from, which is that sober people um, have figured out that the the game of I'm going to say spirituality and a, a life well lived and a, a self realized life, but also just a happy and good life, yeah. is recognizing your bullshit. Yeah. Like, like currently I'm trying not to eat um, sugar, like eat too much sugar. Uh huh. But I know I've done this before, and I'm really trying to notice when does it creep in. When when does my brain go from a suggestion to a direct order? Yeah. So I'm hearing it say, ice cream. And I go, no, come on. <laughs> yeah. But when does it change? And what is it linked to? It's one of the great pleasures of watching TV is because when it's another character, you can go, oh, he's doing that because three scenes ago, like it's The Sopranos, his mom yelled at him and now he's taking it out. But in our own lives, we don't have that benefit. We don't, we're, in, we're lost. Unless we raise our consciousness and go, oh, I'm eating this ice cream because I had a bad conversation with my parents. Yes. Or whatever it might be. I literally did that last night, but not in real time. (laughs) Too late. But I laid in bed and realized, like, I had severely overeaten. Like, I felt sick. And it's such a... it's, It's truly my defense mechanism is... Uh, and I, I try not to do it too much, or I try to do it mindfully as much as possible. But, like, the way that I sedate myself, my go-to is eating and watching TV so that I am disembodied mm. and distracted so I can just eat as much as I want. And I don't realize until I've laid down in bed that I overate. Uh, but I haven't felt that way in a long time. And then I was like... Of course I overate today. I had had a rough day. Like I had just, there's stuff going on with my family that is stressing me out. And so I had compassion for myself, but I realized it, you know, after it had happened. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. So people that have addictions actually, and we said this last episode, when Jesus is saying like, blessed are the poor, he's saying the more disillusioned you are with the system, 
the more open you are to the real, the capital R mm. real, like what's mm. going on behind the scenes, what's eternally true, because Fort Knox or an economy or a society only appears to be real. And if that lets you down, you're, you're quieter and you're more open to let, letting it go, which is what we all sort of have to do. We have to transcend it. Yeah. So I forget what you just said, but, oh, and addicts. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say, and I consider myself addicted to alcohol. That's why I stopped drinking. Um, I'm comfortable saying I'm an alcoholic. I don't know. I haven't done the deep dive to see if that moniker is completely fitting. Mm. But from what I can tell, it doesn't matter. It's sort of up to me. So I'll just say that that seems to be an appropriate diagnosis for me. So I stopped drinking. So I'll just speak for myself. I certainly can't summarize all addicts. But that... um, that distrust of your brain mm. is a spiritual practice, meaning no one at AA or, or OA or NA, any of the A's, uh, overtly, I think, says become the witness, identify with your soul, mm. meaning the quiet presence that's watching your brain that says, I would like ice cream, know that that's a thought, it's ethereal, mm-hmm. it's transitory, it's passing. It comes and it goes. It comes out of nowhere and it goes back to nowhere. Mm. But really what you're doing is you're learning to identify as the still, unborn, neutral yeah. presence yeah. that we all truly are. Ramdas would call that loving awareness. Mm-hmm. And become the thing that's noticing the addiction. Yeah. And Richie, even, uh, it's not just drugs or alcohol or food. It could be your extreme passions, like the things that you the passion for being right or whatever it is, but it's detaching. It's to use Ram Dass's words. It, it's to extricate yourself mm-hmm. from these patterns that your brain is doing. Like there's two boys, they're drunk. Mm. Um, there's a snake, there's a rope. It's a snake mm. or whatever. I can't remember what the example was this morning, mm. but clearly this is a passion of mine because as I watch my brain more and more, and we talked about this last week, I see I'm 41 it's already atrophying, mm-hmm. and I have to fight it every single day, mm-hmm. and becoming more and more rigid, like the grooves of the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. And as Richie says in another chapter of this book, this is why old people are often so unpleasant to talk to, mm-hmm. is because you're really just talking, like, uh, the price is right, you're talking to Plinko. <laughs> yeah. Remember Plinko? Uh-huh. You drop a subject in and it just Plinko's down yeah. a predictable route in your brain, mm-hmm. I'm going to mix metaphors because it's grooved like the Death Star, and you can only fly uh, the the X-wing or the Tie Fighter in there in the grooves that are available. Yeah. And my passion is to stay liquid. Yeah. And to stay open and to yeah. stay new mm-hmm. and to see a rope in the jungle and transcend my be grateful for it when it helps me, but at least be aware of the programs that are running. I have a self-preservation program that's running and it's, it makes me look out for snakes and that keeps us alive and that kept my ancestors alive and that's great mm-hmm. but it starts to bleed into people mm-hmm. situations yeah next thing you know you're eating the same not that there's anything wrong with it i know a lot of aspie wonderful people that eat the same meal every day and that's fine but i'm just using it as a, an example of novelty and joy in my life actually is trying mm. new foods or, or traveling to new places yeah but i feel that pull to yeah. go like, well, that vacation worked. Just do it again. And I come from a long line of just do it again. Yeah. And I think there's more 
sex and juice and light and color and love and adventure in this world. And it strangely comes for me mm-hmm. because spirituality, spirituality used to be a list of things you can't do. Mm-hmm. It actually comes from breaking away from your brain yeah. and, and, and the conditioning and noticing it. Yeah, absolutely. And not getting too rigid about doing that either. Fucking A. Like, you're, it, it's, we just had this conversation today. It was like, this might be more common for you for anger and for me for fear. But this feeling of like, I know what to do the next time this fear hits. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And then, like, the next thing I know, I'm completely possessed by it. It happened to me this morning. Yeah, and it happened with you with more of, like, an anger feeling. And um, Which the good boy in me wants to point out that only manifests its quiet grumpiness. Oh, yeah, and it, it, it never has been directed <laughs> I, I at don't, me. I, I'm sorry to, I'm, I'm sorry to, to defend to my false self there, but I, I just want to be clear. I get very quiet and, and rigid, yeah. and I'm like... I just slept the exact wrong number of minutes. Yeah. And I wanted a nap and you have your mindfulness class at noon and now I'm realizing I don't have enough time to fall asleep and we're going on a walk and and then I had a coffee and I'm like, "Oh, I'm fine." And I'm like, "This is the shit." Yeah. Is to You know what? I actually think it was a success because I was rigid and I was calcified and hard and nasty inside That's and right. I still went this is happening. The noticing that it was happening didn't magically make it vanish that's like it. OxyClean. That is But at it. least I went, that's happening. So you know what? Hey, champ, why don't you sit the next few plays out? Yeah. Just wait. Yeah, you did it. Just wait. <laughs> you did do it. And thank you for that because I do it too. I just feel like the test for if I succeed, when I'm being rigid about this, I will feel like the test for me is could I make the feeling go away? And that isn't true. Right. That's it's not that's not the game we're playing here. It's can you flow with the feeling? The feeling right. is happening. Can because you who are you some, to say it's a mistake? Yes. And can you keep some even if it's just the tiniest bit, like some awareness during it. And you're always very, I thought you were gonna say compassion because you're and so compassion. good at going you know, I had a busy week. It's yeah. okay and, and you know what? <laughs> Sometimes I'm not having a busy week, and I still get rigid as a as a ivory, like dry ivory walking stick. Yes, and there doesn't need to be a reason for me to extend compassion. The compassion can be grown in the lab that we call "this is life." And absolutely, <laughs> and the compassionate thing that I've been saying to myself is, it's not personal. These are feelings that are moving through me. They're here. It doesn't make any statement about who I am as a person. Right. Even a false self necessarily, but certainly not who I am as my truest self. Yeah. It's just a transitory, momentary energy that is moving through my body. And Tara Brock, I'm reading her book, Radical Acceptance. I might have shared that last week. Um, And I'm loving it. But she has a great story about... Sitting under, you move forward. Yeah, I'm so much louder than you. um, Sitting under a tree, being on retreat and dealing with a chronic illness that was like a like stomach pains, and um, and just the process of like sitting with it, 
hearing her mind be like, oh no, I'm still feeling so sick. Like, why am I not better? All the things that the mind says. And then being able to get into her body and just experience the pain as sensations. And she just realized how every, every sensation, the sensation of emotions and the sensation of your thoughts and the energy of your body is just constantly changing and That's moving. Right. And, um, and then she opens her eyes and sees like a bird fly from one tree to another and a leaf fall and clouds moving and is like everything in nature is in constant motion. That's right. So of course I belong here. I'm one, I'm part of that. That's right. My environment internally is going to match my external environment. That's why I like to look at the fire. Have you ever looked mm-hmm. at how fast fire is? It's yeah. insane. Yeah. And my blood is coursing at an incredibly rapid rate. Mm-hmm. I remember somebody in college being like, if you cut your foot a little bit and put a like a turnip on it or a lemon or, or you don't want to put a lemon that'll irritate it but something like that garlic mm-hmm. you'll taste garlic like Whoa. 0.5 sec- like that's how fast it's your blood is circulating it, it's gonna i don't know if that's true i haven't tried that because i didn't want to cut my foot <laughs> but i'm sure a quick goog would tell us just how quickly our blood is moving and and yeah. our thoughts are clearly a part of this system so when i look at fire and I like to think of the whole universe as fire. Yeah. Meaning it's bright. Yeah. <laughs> it's warm. It's beautiful. But it's also, I love watching the West Wing, right? I know we've been talking about this a lot. And when I'm watching these guys in these suits that are just a little bit too big to yeah. be in the fashion for now, uh-huh. the lapels are too big. We're seeing a lot of double breasted. Not that you can't wear a double breasted suit, we're seeing different tie knots. And I was like, Having this sort of anthropological epiphany where I was like, we're just the same as the Maasai warriors, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, with their robes and their face paint. It's yeah. just a different... Fashion. I look at that and I go, well, this is this is civilization. And I look at maybe... I don't judge the Maasai. I think it's a lovely culture. Yeah. But like that's so foreign to me. And I'm uh-huh. like, how strange. Yeah. It's the same shit. Yeah. And then when I see what they're so angry about, it's one of the things I like about that show. One, I, something always comes up on the West Wing that was unexpected. Yeah. They're like, uh-oh, this piece of press came out or this happened internationally. And I'm always like, what would they have been doing if that didn't come out? <laughs> and the answer is something. Yeah. I was like, well, that's like the human mind. So the West Wing is like uh, a metaphor for the human mind. Yeah. We all have our president, we, we, like our better nature. Uh-huh. And then we have our Tobys, our grumpies. Uh-huh. We have our Josh Lyman's, who's sort of like the charming one. Uh-huh. We have the Donna's. We have everybody. It's, it's one. It's we watch it and we go like, that's what it's like up here. Yes. But when they're like, oh, oh shit. Did you see in the newspaper they called Josh or, or Josh lost a Democrat vote? I don't understand most of the show. <laughs> we, don't, we really don't. It's embarrassing how much. It. Our bit is <laughs> J.B. Smoove would be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. What's a whip? Like, yeah. like what's yeah. a Democrat? What's a minority leader? When what's you say caucus, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> what is a caucus? It's Iowa. It's Iowa. This is the thing about caucus. It's, like they talk about the Iowa caucus. I know that's a thing, but then I feel like they've also mentioned like the women caucus, or right? Something. You're yeah, like, yeah. What could well, African American caucus is what you mean. Uh, is it? Yeah. 
So I think caucus, just like the suits, is just a fancy word for a meeting. I think almost everything they're saying okay, let's see is a fancy word for a meeting with people in suits. I'm not sure. Can we look it up? I yeah, mean, sure. We've avoided looking it up because we enjoy that we don't know what this is. But it's also my point. I'll finish my point while you look it up. Yeah, please. Is that like, just like them... It's a fresh batch of drama every day. Uh-huh. And that's what's so familiar about that show. Yeah. What are human beings... I'm not even... Obviously, it's different now. Politics are so much in the forefront of all of our minds. But I've never really been uh, interested in the inner workings of a government building. Yeah. In the same way that I'm not really that interested in a group of crime fighters. Uh-huh. Uh, action here, like the Avengers... But when I watch both of them, I'm like, I have a Hulk, I have an Iron Man, and I have a Doctor Strange. And I have a chief of staff, and I have a president, and I have a press secretary. It's everybody's just seeing the whole in the single. Yes. And that is a deeply spiritual realization. But just like my life, what they're worried about in this episode, next episode usually will be completely irrelevant. Yeah. We need to... This guy from North Korea wants to defect. Next week, it's gone. Yeah. Sometimes it comes back, but for the most part, yeah. what I'm saying is like a fancy way of saying a really beautiful thing to say to yourself, and I do it, when you're stressed. Yeah. Usually about something external, like a, like I'm waiting to hear, or, or that guy said this, or this person doesn't like me. What were you worried about on this day last year? Mm-hmm. And... That's such a beautiful release valve because yeah. when you're in it, it's it's the North Korean guy wants to defect. Yeah. And I shouldn't pick that because that is a heartbreaking story. But like I, your thing was the woman at Vaughn's was rude to me. Mm. And a year later, it's like an old season of your life. And you're just like, I can't believe like if I watched Breaking Bad, I'm sure I would be like, I can't believe I was so tense because everything's sort of been informed by Breaking Bad, and now we've like turned the volume up even more on TV. Yeah. And, and I'm sure maybe in 10 more years, Breaking Bad will seem like quaint. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. And that's how our <laughs> lives are. Yeah. What was I, I worried about in high school? I was so stressed out. You had no major problems. Yeah. You had no major problems. Well, I feel like it also makes... Yeah, it's it shows... It kind of exposes just the nature of the mind. Like, it doesn't matter. The thing, the actual things don't matter. And in fact, what usually is occurring is that your body, there is an energy of, of, there's an energy moving through your body. Just like I said, like everything happens and flows and is transitory. An energy starts moving through your body and your brain then kidnaps it and goes, this is called anxiety uh, it must be because I don't know what preschool to send Leela to. And then it creates, then that sends more anxiety to your body. And then your mind kicks that anxiety and goes, oh, no, this is a real problem. It's getting worse. And then it sends that, and it just is in a cycle. When really, that was just a sensation that you could have even avoided in labeling. And, and it would have lived its life, which is usually very short, and dissipated. Right. By the way, I still know all of this, and it's very hard to practice, so I'm not saying I'm There's another side to it, too, when anxiety is mobilizing, and you go like, until I do that thing that I've been putting off, it won't go away. And it's the bell curve. Yeah. Not enough is bad. Too much is bad. You want to be right in the middle. Yeah. We have just enough anxiety. 
And you want to you want to both uh, you want to neither cling to it or dismiss it. Like you want you don't want to minimize and just be like you're you're a dumb energy that's just moving through me because sometimes that holds information that's powerful. That's right. What I wanted to say though was you reminded me that Jennifer, my therapist, uh, said something really great on this last session talking about my mind and and how uh it's very hard for me to be compassionate towards my mind because i see it as just like the obstacle and the cause of all my suffering um and she was like it's it's about inviting the mind letting the mind know that it doesn't have to do all of the work now Mm. it doesn't have to hold everything it used to have to do that because i was dissociated from my body and so my mind so the brain had to do everything had to do everything and it's not even just brain and body it's like brain and body and spirit and uh and then like nervous system and all these things she described it she's and like your You're, family yeah right? like i'm here to help yeah that sort of thing oh yeah the that part that i have all of these resources yeah right. so telling my brain you can share this load with the body. You have achieved the staff. You have, and you have all these resources outside of you. But even just thinking, she proposed the idea of like thinking of your system as a community. It's supposed to be a collaboration. West Wing. West Wing. Like it's not. We any haven't talked about person this. Can't. One person can't lead the country. You need. Yeah, we haven't even discussed this. It was so in the line. Excuse me. You need to have. A whole collaboration, a whole team to help run the country and your body. And that sort of goes back. Yes. And that sort of goes back to, you know who you really are on the West Wing? You're the camera. Yeah, that's right. Because the camera is the neutral witnessing, you could say loving because it's accepting everything present. Yeah. So the camera is the soul. Yeah. And everybody on the West Wing, everybody on Mad Men, everybody on Friends even, it doesn't matter. These characters represent you. Yeah. But really who you are is the camera. That's right. And we (laughs) must love the, the collaboration because there is something in us that knows that, hey, like, that's how I also run. <laughs> well, I've always said that. It, it's sort of obviously gone in a goofy way. But the two-party system that fights with itself seems to be a stroke of genius. I know it's not perfect, but, like, knowing that we need to have the the human mind, the way that a, a mind works yeah. is that, like... You have this energy and you have this energy and they combat. And in the friction between the two comes the harvest, hopefully. Yeah. Um, obviously. Yeah. 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 I love that. Okay. Just to be clear, say your uh, your definition of what you think a caucus is. I think it's a meeting. Okay. Noun. Caucus. Noun. Wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a better guess. It's still going to be a meeting. Okay. <laughs> a government-appointed... Uh, sanctioned um, group that meets um, that I want to find the word that means they're not held liable to uh, okay, you're, you <laughs> Congress or the Senate. They're an independent meeting that advises lawmakers. Okay. All right. You should have just let me read it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Caucus. A meeting 
at which local members of a political party register their preference among candidates running for office or select delegates to attend a convention. That's it. Yeah, but it's not all of the things that you I made. Said. I made it more wrong by talking. That's more. what I was trying yeah. to communicate to you. <laughs> okay. A conference of members of a legislative body who belong to a, pol- a particular party or faction. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought it was. I'm actually impressed with myself. Uh, they meant I saw like some news thing about. But so uh, is the Senate is a group of meet. It's a meeting. Co- Congress is meetings. Yeah, the, I mean, the, I'm still not sure what all of the, like, legislative parts of the government do and how they vary from each other. Uh, like, what, you know, like, what does the House do and then what does the Senate do and how is it different? What now is that the, the House of Rep- Congress voted to impeach and then it's like Senate is a full House and Congress is a, is a straight and a, and a full house beats us straight. So what we have is a hierarchy of meetings of people, appointed people, yeah. that outrank one another. It's like the military. Y- it's yes. like when a, a lieutenant commander, uh, you know, orders something, but then the president doesn't. He's, so he's a, in that case, he's a royal flush, and the lieutenant commander is a full house. I thought Congress was... I thought you were going to be like, I thought a straight bet be a full house. <laughs> um, I thought it was like, there's the House and there's the Senate and they all make up Congress. But I could be totally wrong. This is embarrassing. Uh, you guys, we don't know anything. Look, we're going to put on, uh, what is it? Hill City Blues High School? City Rock Blues? I don't know. Can You know, what's a bill? <laughs> Senator Hill up the bill. It's a cartoon. It's Schoolhouse Rock. Oh, Schoolhouse Rock. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I we're going to take a ten-minute caucus to watch Schoolhouse Rock. Okay, <laughs> let, let's go back into our our sweet spot. Yeah, let's uh, let's act like we're really smart about other. Things. As you drop <laughs> your meditation stone, hilarious. Oh my and it's god, out of reach. you guys! I'm sure that was so frustrating for most of you who know this, and like. You know, we we do keep up on the news, but um, yeah, I'm not I embarrassed. Don't. <laughs> I'm Everybody's, embarrassed. Everybody has a blind spot, and I I I'm of the quiet opinion that most people are sort of like us, where we're like, I kind of know more now. No, yeah, we might be in a, a minority, but only amongst the people that we know. I think we know a lot of smart. But people. it also is like it's so. It, this is a time where it it is like so. Uh, topical, like yeah, but the, there, right but now. At least I a, know, like Congress did it, but now Senate has to do it, and the no, Senate's the House repo- didn't. The, the House of Representatives, representatives which is Congress. Did. Well, I still don't know. I think Congress might be both of them, and like the House well, of Representatives did it because they are dem- pre- their somebody, majority. Democrat. Somebody take this clip. Put Johnny Cash's <laughs> hurt underneath it. <laughs> In fact, I'll do it. No, I won't do so it. So embarrassing. Um, because this is, this is embarrassing. I tried to take us out. I know. What I was thinking today in the car, I took Lee on her nap drive, and we were looking at trees and stuff, and I forget where I read this. I, I've heard it in Alan Watts for sure, which is, and this could sound sort of sad, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's actually incredible, I think is you've never felt anything in your life. Like you think you touch silk and you're like, wow, silk is so smooth. But you're not actually touching this. You're not feeling the silk. You're feeling your own nerve endings 
Mm. You're feeling yourself. Mm. You're feeling silk in relation right. to you. Right. So even something that seems so objective, like I'm touching this table, mm-hmm. all I'm feeling, all that my brain is interpreting is how this table interacts with my nerve ending. Whoa. Meaning when we say and go into the kind of Buddhist area, although I think it applies to most uh, I'll say it sound like Reggie religion at its higher levels mm-hmm. um, is talking about the world is manifest in you. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite Buddhist mantras is Om Mane Padme Hum, which means the universe is a precious stone in a lotus flower in my heart, mm-hmm. which is just a very beautiful ancient way of saying all of this mm-hmm. is in my heart. Mm-hmm. And when we have the science back, I'm not saying backing it up, like we have to prove that. I'm saying another way to trip out on that idea mm-hmm. is that Alan Watts says, everything is touching. Your eyes are touching light. Mm-hmm. So I see those mountains or this hedge over there. Mm-hmm. But really what's happening is I'm seeing light bouncing off of them. My eyes touch that light, yeah. interpret it, and then build it into my brain. Wow. So in a certain sense, nothing's really happening the way I'm perceiving it. Yes. Meaning if I had a different frequency, yes. I would be seeing different things. Yes. And this is what Brendan Wenzel, his great children's book. Uh, uh, the, Stone? What the, is, no, the, the cat one. Oh. Uh, it's called They All Saw a Cat? Yeah. I think it's called They All Saw a Cat. And he goes through different animals, and they say the child saw a cat, yeah, and the cat looks really, really cute. Uh-huh. And then he goes, the bat saw a cat, and the cat is just a series of white dots, because that's what the bat would see, because it yeah. sees with sonar. Yeah. The worm saw a cat, and the cat is just a series of rumbles in the shape of a cat underneath the earth. Yeah. And the, and the skunk saw a cat, and it's like this sort of almost predator vision where it's like heat vision uh-huh. but it's sort of like washed out yellow and and like hot pink yeah and i'm like it's really freeing you could be uh i could see you lean not you one i could see somebody leaning into that and being like how depressing mm. but it puts you in the in the realm of creator mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it 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 begs the question like what is the animating principle so what we call god the animating principle the thing that that started it all is at work in you because you're creating all of this yeah <coughs> excuse me right now yeah and and then there's even things we don't understand like the way that the lenses of the eyes work everything should be upside down right because the way that light goes in we can recreate it with irises and mirrors and stuff, and it would invert, it flip the image. But yeah. something in your brain flips it upside down. And last I checked, we don't know why. Wow. That's not to say, oh, science, what do you know? I'm, I'm not saying that at all. Yeah, I'm saying if you want to, apart from any spiritual tradition, get into that space of, oh, my God, the spring of life is coming from inside of me. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's this. Right. You're building it. Right. How can you not belong? You are You're doing it. Doing it. You You're are- creating the world where you think you don't belong. Yeah, exactly. You're doing it. It's like I always say, Jesus said, Look, I make all things new. Like I'm making every moment I'm making it. Yeah. So instead of casting that out there and being like as I used to, um, and I believe this is God's world, but I'm like, it's God's world, 
but the light of God is shining through me, mm-hmm. and and then the slides are placed over my eyes. And this is where we get back to the reading. Mm. Today's reading, organ music starts playing, <laughs> is that like my past, my prejudices, my education, the things I witnessed in people, in parents, in relatives, and loved ones, these are all like slides that I put in front of my eyes that don't give me, as the reading was saying, a clean mirror. And mm. in a clean mirror is peace. So St. John of the Cross says, when you meditate on God, Thoreau said something very similar in Walden. When you meditate on God, don't even think, and I know we can say the mystery. I I can just feel clearly some of us prickle at the word God. When you think about the mystery of existence, Mm -hmm. don't even think, this is St. John of the Cross, don't even think of any attribute of God. Mm. Don't think amazing, incredible, infinite. Just think God is how God is. Wow. God is that, that th- as it is right now. This is it. Uh-huh. This is it. And I'm not going to label it or analyze it. Yeah. And in that practice, you unlock union, clean mirror. And wow. clean mirror is ecstasy. Yeah. Clean mirror isn't just sort of like a fun way to de-stress or sleep better or clear your mind before an exam. Right. It's actually a way of going through the world. And as this reading says... I'm going to read it again because I really think it's profound. Not what we're afraid is there, not what we wish were there, but what is actually there. That is what a true mirror does and thus offers perfect freedom. He's referencing James 1.23 there. So I'm going to do the next paragraph. It's almost done. Mm. Mirror wiping is the inner discipline of calmly observing our own patterns, what we see and what we don't in order to get our demanding and over-defended egos away from the full control they always want. That's, I mean, so true. That's the definition of mindfulness, by the way. It's the definition of, I'm telling you, every page of this book, it's called just this. Every page of this book, you're just like, oh, right. (laughs) It requires us to stand at a distance from ourselves. That's what we're just talking about. And listen and look with calm, non-judgmental objectivity. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we do not have thoughts and feelings. The thoughts and feelings have us. <sighs> Early Christianity spoke of this discipline as the necessary first path of purga- purgation. Like pur- purging. Pur- purgation. Mm. I hope I'm saying that right. It couldn't be purgation. <laughs> purgation. <laughs> the recovery movement calls it sobriety. That's why I was linking Mm, it. mm -hmm. To me, I I look at my alcohol addiction as such a gift now that I was like, fuck, I was sleepwalking. Yeah. I was, uh, I I know I've told it before, but my, I don't have a good rock bottom story. I don't have a bad one, depending on how you look at it. Mm. But it was just pouring a glass of sake without even recognizing that I gave the order. Yeah. There was no like, that would be nice. I was just like, Something else, like a parasite, was going, you do that for us, bitch. <laughs> and again, that's why the flipping of not drinking or whatever it is you're trying to not do from abstaining from something that you love to not being that thing's bitch. I'm sorry to use the word bitch, but to me, there's a power there to be like, you don't want to be subservient to it. Right. You don't want to be a slave to it. All of these words are loaded, but you see what I'm saying. Absolutely, yeah. Both this is the reading. Both agree that we must recognize our own games. So that's Pete going, you've had a long day, you deserve ice cream. Mm. Fears and filters. What is my real agenda? 
What are my prejudices? What are my leftover hurts that color just about everything I see? This is the work that not only I so desperately crave and value in my own inner life, Mm -hmm. but they're the ones that I value the most about you. Mm. And I see it happening Mm -hmm. day by day. It's a privilege. Mm. I try to do it myself. And this is a little bit judgmental, but it is the work that I crave most in, in people, in other people. Sure. I'm like, God, I just wish you could be doing exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If there was just some consciousness there. Yeah. If you were like, you could be yelling at me. Mm-hmm. And if you just broke and went, I'm, I'm doing, I know what I'm doing. I know what's happening. Yeah. I would just feel a little bit safer and go like, Hey, yes. life is hard. Yeah. I get it. We all have our shit, but the the be a moment of being the camera pointed at yourself and go, I know how Jim is being right now. Yeah, is it's such a big difference. We don't have. It's, it's all the difference. It's why I feel safe with you. I think it's why you feel safe with me. It's, it's so important to be like, just even to have like a moment, like when you were grumpy this morning, to just be like wow, I'm really grumpy. I think it might be this thing. That and I might is, even be wrong. It's and I might like, be wrong. Yeah. But what that communicates, especially in a relationship, is like immediately you've taken out a weird walk where I'm wondering if I upset you or I'm wondering Those, where you went. Like how common is it? Of a and joke? I'm wearing a mask and sunglasses. In that moment, <laughs> yeah. I checked in with you and I just, and I made some joke and I think I said, and you said, oh, you don't have to say that. But I was like, I'm really glad to be going on this walk. Yeah. And I did that because I've lived a life of people being in a bad mood. And then you go on a walk and suddenly that walk is loaded. Yeah. The silence is not earned. You yeah. can't. You we can't have a peaceful silence, especially because yeah. you can't even see my face or my eyes. Yeah, I'm like the invisible man walking next to you. Yeah, and it was very important and healing for me to just be like. And I know you do this for me too. To be like, I'm okay. Yeah, like I'm okay. Yeah, I see the bad mood, and I was in a bad mood. Uh-huh. Like it wasn't. I, I, I I'm just addressing if anybody's like a bad mood. I mean like. It was like, I sometimes fluctuate between infinite potential and fuck everything. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of in the fuck everything place. Mm-hmm. And every, even some of the ideas that we enjoy in this podcast start to sound lonely and scary and frightening and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And also just a baby. Yeah. I wanted more sleep. Yeah. I, I wasn't seeing what was. Yeah. And the perspective is like, jump to the end of your life. That's one that I like to do. Now I'm 80. Uh, We're sitting around. Lee's grown up. We don't even see her anymore. How badly would I like to transport and teleport? Mm. Fuck that shit. That's not going to happen. Yeah. But that thought experiment can go, can open, like, as I say in the Bible, lift the the scales from my eyes and allow me to see that Leela is speaking in much more complete sentences today than she was yesterday. Okay, last paragraph, unless you had something. No, I love it. By utilizing compassionate and detached observation of ourselves. I know. That's it. I have something, but I want to say it after. I'm telling you. It's incredible. We can't even make it through half a sentence. It's incredible. Richie is the most consistent 
like now I listen to him, even something that he did in like the eighties and I'm completely unafraid. He's on, un, he's unbelievable. Whereas in the past I would, I, I'd be nervous. I'm like, he's going to, he's going to do it today. He's going to say something that and I'm like, no, no, he's been preaching this stuff for a long time. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. It seems so new to me. Yeah. It's like Josh, Emily Musil church when she's like, this is the church I grew up in. This isn't a revelation to me. I was like, that must be cool. Yeah. I hope um, Leela can say stuff like that. I, I mean, I, I'm confident. <laughs> yeah. I hope, um, God helps us recognize our own depths little by little. And only when we are ready to handle them, oh. the, the older I get, the more I know the patience and mercy of God with my soul. Oh, right. That was incredible. That last part is so important, too. Well, this is so aligned with uh, Tara Brock's book because she says that. And I think maybe I said this last week. I can't remember. um, But she's like that the practice is all about radical acceptance. And there are two wings of that. One is mindfulness, which is sitting and and noticing your patterns, your thought patterns, your emotional patterns, really getting to know your internal world. And Pema Chodron says in her book, When Things Fall Apart, uh, it's it's the practice of Maitri, which I don't know how that it differs from mindfulness. Maybe it's a type of mindfulness, um, is to just sit and notice that uh, without trying to change it, without mm. wishing it was different, without making a plan to fix it, right. just greeting all of it with unconditional friendliness is what she says. Mm. So that's the first unconditional friendliness. I know, I love that. And then, so that brings me to the second wing, which is compassion. So she's she describes it so perfectly because she says, with my, mindfulness, without compassion, is going to be you're going to become obsessed with trying to change it and then that's a a type of clinging to it compassion without mindfulness can turn into like self-pity or or being a victim like i just i didn't get the things i needed and so now i can't so it's it's just buddhism does this so well where it's like detailed and hyper focused into can i that this is why I said the last podcast, like I'm done with self improvement, because it's not about that. It's about exposing it and mm. knowing it and not identifying with it. You don't have to resist it or change it or make a plan to be different. You just have to see it for what mm. it is mm. and know that it's not you. Well, that's it's funny when you were talking about these thoughts aren't me, but we take them so personally. Mm-hmm. And I understand that because the, the the reeds at the bottom of the lake can be so insistent that they're you, that you. it's been so long for so many of us and myself included on certain days where you can't, you can't extricate yourself from the weed. So you don't even, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But when you're clear and you go, that was a sensation, it was happening, the thought was formed by a, a pattern mm-hmm. that is hardwired into the gray matter of my brain from which I know I can be. Con, uh, converted yeah. is what we would say. Yeah, you can be converted from this. You can break away from this. Uh, have a new way of looking at the universe. Having a new way of relating with the universe. Yeah, and everything we've been saying is relation. Even when I'm saying touch is a relationship, it's yeah, it's it's only exists because of a relationship. Yeah, that's a clue. Yeah, the whole thing's a relationship. So you're not 
passing through the world, you are the relationship of the world. Yes. Focus, pinpoint focused in one space for this time. Yeah. Um, but when you were saying, it's not me, I was like, of course we take our thoughts personally. We take everything so personally. Yeah. Your hair starts falling out as a man and you go... Uh, this sucks. I like, uh, this says it's like aging. About my worth. This says something about my worth. Yes. Um, you get, uh, aging spots or, or, yeah. or you start sagging or tagging or whatever you got. <laughs> Ramdas used to say, it's like going out and painting the yellow leaves, uh, red or, what? or what? Oh, green. green. Oh, I love that. So it's like, you see a, a tree with red leaves or they're falling off and we have to go and no, no, that's not happening here wow. because we're so obsessed with the outer form. Wow. But I was like the way we're treating our thoughts or the way we're treating our bodies. It's this, it's this billboard for our self-worth. Yeah. So I've been reading Thomas Merton lately and I love Merton because he's, and I say this with all affection, I mean, as a compliment, he's a grump. Yeah. Meaning he's not phony holy, meaning he's not, as Richie Rohr says, I love it. He goes, the word nice doesn't appear in the New Testament once. There's mm-hmm. nothing about niceness. Yeah. It's not about being polite. It's not about being false. It's not about sugarcoating your true feelings. Yeah. If you feel, hey, fuck my dad, like, there's nothing holy in pretending that that's not how you feel. Right. There's a, there's, I would say there's a holiness, meaning a wholeness to realizing that it's not you, sure. but going like, <laughs> you're the number one pop yes. isn't, isn't the game. Yeah. And of course, so many people have turned from religion because they think it's, it's, it's a billboard. It's just a different billboard. Yeah. I'm a holy guy. I'm a cool guy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm together. I'm, I don't have rage. I don't have lust. I'm a, I'm a Christian or I'm a whatever. Yeah. Um, I forget what I, oh, and, and Merton was, was just like, He's just so, he's like a comedian. He's like, the more time I spend with people, the more I realize that solitude is the only answer. (laughs) That's such a you thing. I know. I love that you found somebody that. Well, you bought it for me. It was a stocking stuff. It's a, it's a pocket Thomas Merton. Yeah. Which I, I have a bunch of Merton books, but they've been a little bit daunting. Mm. I love him in quotes and references. Richie references him endlessly. But now I have this pocket Thomas Merton book. It's mm-hmm. the size of, you know, a little, like a phone, like a contacts book in the 80s. Yeah. And he also says, like, he says something I've said a million, because I've heard it from him, but I also believe it, where he's like, the only true joy is learning uh, to identify your false self, which mm-hmm. is what we're saying, this conditioned system of responses, yeah. um, your thoughts, your patterns, your habits, your addictions, your preferences, uh, your aversions. It becomes a web, a system, like the internet. It becomes a system. Yeah. And everything goes through it. And the only way to commune with something true is to start figuring out your, your true self. And, uh-huh. I, and he's like, that's the only joy worth having because he's like, <laughs> even the things that you find that give you pleasure eventually or one day and I don't mean like will always give you pain, but sometimes they will, meaning they're just inconsistent. Absolutely. It's it, the Eckhart Tolle says, if you're get, getting pleasure from something, you will eventually get pain from it. Even if it is just the, the absence of that thing that you no longer have. It. That's right. Um, you have your dream house, but now the pain is how am I going to pay for this? Yeah. But you had the, you said something so key there, which is 
it is like a concerted concerted effort to not to resist your false self but to focus your attention on your true self so let the false self be the false self just <coughs> see it clearly yeah, we want there to be a west wing we just want to be the camera <laughs> yeah that's see, right and and as soon as you see it clearly then you are your true self but it's like it's like the whole you know, thing about the purpose behind attention setting is if you, my friend gave this example and I loved it. She's like, if you're saying, I don't want to eat cookies um, to, at night anymore. And you're like, don't eat cookies. Don't eat cookies. Your brain is just hearing cookies yeah. <laughs> over and over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you well, bring that, Ron your... Well, don't think of a purple elephant. Yeah. It's like, you, you do it. You just and bring... He, he goes, these are the people that die of non-smoking. Right. Don't have a cigarette, don't have a cigarette, don't have a cigarette. That's right. And it is like neurologically makes perfect sense. You yeah. are giving an affirmation of, of what you, exactly what you don't want. Just focus your attention on what you do want. Yeah. Don't focus your attention. See the false self. And if you are resisting the false self, like. It's just, like, it just came in through the back door. Yeah. Then it's. it's it doesn't care you how you way. dance with it. It just wants you to dance with it. That's why. In today's reading, organ music, it says um, our demanding and over-defended egos, it moves it away from the full control they always want. Wait, leave it out. Will you read the last part of it again? Because I feel like that was so good and I want to hear. By utilizing compassionate and detached observation of ourselves, God helps us recognize our own depths little by little and only when we are ready to handle them. Little by little, and only when we are ready to handle them. I just read them. in the, it's called the Guidebook of Awakening or something. It's a meditator's handbook, Ram Dass's book. It was like, don't let anyone fool you that it happens all at once. He's like, no matter what you're doing, you'll see that the lotus flower in your heart, I'll say, opens little by little. Oh. And it was just like, you're in good company. Because I, I, I have this feeling all the time mm-hmm. where I'm like, shouldn't I be yep. farther ahead? Yeah, the it's, brain loves should, by the way. That's a ha- that's how you know you're, you're in your thinking. You're shooting on me. You're shooting on me. It's you're like, it. should, wait, that's not my true self's word. It's bullshit. <laughs> this bullshit. is bullshit. <laughs> but it is. And I go like, you could die today and look at what all of this has gotten you. And I'm like, fuck you. You know what I'm <laughs> going to say? I I had a lucid dream last night, and it, it sort of goes back to what we're thinking about. And I went to bed going like, you haven't had a lucid dream in a while. And it was actually sort of negative. Mm. I was like, I don't know what you're doing, but maybe it's how you're eating, how you're sleeping, um, whatever. But you haven't done it, and that's a disappointment because that was like a special spiritual feather in my cap that Pete's mm. a lucid dreamer. And I went to bed, and here, I guess this is showing all my cards. I am sort of pleased with myself. Mm. But apart from that, I'm sort of counterbalancing, fuck you, who are you, shouldn't you be further ahead? Yeah. I was like, in my lucid dream, I was having anxiety, and I was like, I have to respond to that email. I was having a dream that I was at a computer. Ugh, the worst. The worst. And there were all these guys in there with no masks, and one of them was coughing on me as a joke. And I was like, this isn't a good bit. Oh, I wonder <clears> if <throat> our subconsciouses will be wrestling with COVID long after it is not an issue anymore. Oh, but God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and in the dream, in that sl- sleep state, I was like, I need to reply to that email. I... 
who am I? Mm. Who is I? And it just went from flat to three-dimensional. Just going like, who are you talking about? And can you produce that for me? I can see the interpersonal relationships that I'm involved in, but that I isn't really anywhere. <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, the, the, we're getting to the true self. The real I is the thing that, what the fuck, as I sleep goes, you know what? Uh, the world is uh, a jewel in the heart of a lotus. Um, here's a different jewel. I'm going to just make a different one because who knows why. But I'm going to give you a different show to look at while you're sleeping because yeah. we'll work out some stuff or we'll yes, miss that. It gets, your healing gets integrated at that time. So what a... I know we say it a lot on this, but like dreaming... I sometimes think when we die, it's just a thought experiment. I, I'm not saying it's necessarily literally true. It will be similar to the feeling of when I get to the toilet to pee in the morning, mm-hmm. if I'm not really trying, mm-hmm. I forgot my dreams, even though they were so vivid, mm. until you say something and then I remember them or I try to remember them or I'm, or I'm conscious about remembering them. That's what made, in the story of Siddhartha, what made him exceptional was that, I mean, a million things, but what made him stand out was that he could remember his past lives. Mm. The same with Yogananda. He could remember... His, I never say his first name because I can't... It's Padabadabadabha Yogananda. <laughs> but um, Autobiography of a Yogi is the book. Mm. He, When he had his realization, part of it was similar to remember when the feeling of, like, I can remember my dreams, he can remember his past lives. Wow. And again, I think you could go, like, well, that's kind of sad. My ego's like, well, that's sad. I won't remember Val. I won't remember Leela. I won't remember this, that, the other. And I'm like, that brings me back to looking at the fire. I was like, look, it's just, there's nothing, there's nowhere to stand. There's no, f- yep, there's no ground. There's no ground. You, which is, is a very. Which is okay. It's okay. And like, if that scares you, like feel the, the ground beneath your feet, you can get back into your body and the earthiness of this. We're, it's a. We're having an airy talk. Yes. But we can is, get earthy. This is very airy and, and you, and we are earth and air. So it's okay. Cause I've definitely had that thought too, but it is also the Buddhist thing is you realize that everything is transitory everything is moving and changing constantly there's no solid ground but but if you can accept that it brings joy to the ice cream you're eating right now and it's i'm <laughs> i'm telling someone's you someone's listening eating ice cream <laughs> <laughs> um at some point i've experienced it enough and it and it's always fleeting but there is a coziness to it. It's like Soul. We'll quote that all the time. The movie. The movie. Like, if you picture that, it's so interesting how they made it this way. I don't know how they did it. But the, like, conveyor belt into the light. I think it's like the music. I don't know. But it's, that should be terrifying. And it's so cozy. Yeah, it's There's not. something just really lovely and cozy and about it. And the woman on the conveyor belt says... Oh, it must have been sudden for you. I'm 104. I've been looking forward to this to a long time. That's yeah. the that's Taoism. Uh, 
they that find their way in the morning can happily go in the evening. Yeah. So the purpose of life isn't uh, collecting experiences. Nothing wrong with that. It's a paradox. It's both. It's both. This and this is vital and precious and lovely. And uh, as Rich, to use Richie's language, God would not deny your enjoyment of a good meal or the incredible memories I have of our honeymoon swimming in Moana-colored water. That's all part of it. Yep. But, like, it's also, it's something and it's nothing. And, and the something informs the nothing in the same way that this desk informs my hand of touch. Yeah. They need each other. So the comforting version of everything that we're saying that I've... I've been waiting for this my whole life. I've probably said it on this podcast before. When you think about death and darkness creeping in Mm -hmm. or darkness overcoming you, I think it's Byron Katie Mm -hmm. says, you are that darkness. Mm -hmm. That's what the the Buddhists say. You are that void. There's nothing that isn't you. Uh. So at night when I close my eyes and I'm looking at, you know, the back of my eyelids and it's a dark room and it's just black. Mm -hmm. I go, I am this blackness. Yeah. Where... And you can even do this with your consciousness. Where does it end? Uh huh. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. I can feel it sort of biologically located in my brain. Like there's the sensation that it's in here, but it doesn't end at the walls of my brain. No. And if you do that with your body too, which maybe is a good exercise for people right now, since we're having such an, an airy conversation, it is you can feel the aliveness in your hands, feel the aliveness in your whole body. Do, you know, you can do a body scan you, and then ask yourself, where are the boundaries of this? Yeah. It's not, it's not there. There are none. <laughs> it goes in every direction. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So that, that's been one of those things where I'm like, you don't have to fear the void because you are the void yeah. as well. Yeah. There's, and you are the fear of the void. Yeah. I mean, meaning it's all, it's all acceptable. It's all part of, of everything. And here we are again. Little by little, God helps us recognize our own depths. Yeah. But so if I, and, and we're having, I'm always so charged. At, this is our date <laughs> part of it. Later, we'll sit on that couch hide, hiding from Lee, only because we don't want it to be confusing for her going back in the house yeah. uh, and leaving again. Um, but we'll be back here watching a movie and doing some earthly whatever. <laughs> no, nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying we don't just do this. Yeah. Um, I forget what I was going to say. Um, but I love the little by little. And to me, that even just that word invokes compassion because just little by those words i'm sorry that that term phrase that phrase yeah say phrase term i don't know why i interjected i just like the word phrase it's gentle (laughs) it has the ph phrase phrase like phase like a yeah or like a freeze freeze is freeze a frise salad yeah yeah frise salad sounds better than a uh what what was the word you used term (laughs) a term salad sounds like a test yeah. On salads. Oh. <laughs> it is. It's a culinary school exam. You have to make your term salad now. I'd rather make a frisee. Um You're the void. No, that's not it. It's, oh, but little by little is so compassionate because it's, and it's also like little by little God will reveal your depths. So it's going to happen at a pace that is acceptable 
and you don't have to do anything but allow life to live through you. It will do its thing. If you can be open That's it. and allowing, it will work itself out and through you. patient and humble. Yeah. So Jesus, he's been coming up a lot lately. Who, I'm into it. Who's in the house? JC's in the house. Is that it? Close. It was who's in the house. JC, tell me who. <laughs> who, who, who's in the house. Well, JC, who's in the house. Um, who is the house, and you are also the house. Ooh, do we have <laughs> polishing the mirror? Is that? Oh, that's right there. Would you hand that to me? I have another reading after this. Um, we talk about uh, the mustard seed. So he mm-hmm. says faith is like a mustard seed. And we're seeing what you're saying, little by little. Yeah. Humility and patience. And what I think is really sort of underplayed, because I had my Christian Bible study in high school that I led and then was kicked out of and then led again, <laughs> it was called mustard seeds. You mm-hmm. going to seeds? I'm going to seeds. See it seeds. Mm-hmm. So we knew about this, but we never really emphasized the um, surrender, the effortlessness. Meaning, a seed doesn't need to focus or will itself or beat itself up for not being a mustard plant yet. Mm. It's what happens right. naturally, yeah. and that's what Jesus says. He's always pointing us to nature. You said earlier, I'm a part of this. Of course I'm like this. Everything's like this. Tara Brock said that. Yeah. So just as a tree is unfolding, that's that's also me. That's I'm also a part of a system yeah. that unfolds slowly. Yep. And for sure, there are some pretty uh, atypical trees that seem to be, I'm sure we see this in nature too, that spring up quickly. Yeah. These might be our Christs and our Buddhas and our... Uh, Mohammeds and and whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, most of us in the forest are growing slowly. And then, you know, Jesus says, like, you judge a tree by its fruit. So this, like, the fruit also happens despite itself. I don't think the tree is going, tasty apples, tasty (laughs) apples. And I don't (laughs) think it's going... My apples aren't as red as that guy's apples. (laughs) Just like the guy losing his hair. I don't think he's saying, where where are my tasty apples? I'm not good. The apples are coming. Yeah. The other thing Jesus says is, I am the vine and you are the branches. So he's saying, another tree one that I like, the tree itself is Christ, is and Christ isn't Jesus. Christ is is a, a separate thing. It's it's what Jesus sort of uh, became in line with, woke yeah. up to the reality of his, and he fully and perfectly embodied it. Mm. But like that trunk of Christness is our trunk, and that's yeah. where our true self is. Mm. And then we're the branches, but that means we're never not connected. It's right there. It's right there. Yeah. It's there in the prodigal son. You are always with me and everything I have is yours. And we turned it into the opposite. Mm-hmm. We turned it into as soon as you touch your own privates or, or smoke a cigarette or watch an R-rated movie, you are no longer connected. You're gone. Yeah. You're like yeah. So throw out Netscape, as they would say. That also makes me think there is an evolutionary benefit to healing. It's probably why it's in our design. Is that like when we heal, we evolve. So that's just another way of being like, all you have to do is not actively stop your own healing. That's right. You don't have to try, how am I going to heal? How am I going to get better? You don't have to frantically try to improve. You just have to not stop it. We get better. We get better. Yeah, Yeah, we get better. Tell the story about the guy you ran into. 
What guy? The guy that said oh. MD. Oh, this is such a beautiful... Thank you for reminding me. So there was a guy... <laughs> Look, Tara Brock is on the back of this book. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's, she's very aligned with Roundus, I would say. Um, so I was walking with Leela in the morning. Uh, this was a couple days ago. And there was a man that um, started walking kind of towards us. And he just... There was... I just am very obviously protective of myself and protective of Leela. And this was like a big man. It was, he's wearing a mask. I can't really see his eyes. I don't We know. just commiserated over the fact that I'm a giant man and I'm more comfortable when my postmate is a woman for some reason. Yeah. Like I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I don't want a strange guy coming here. Yeah. So I'm just relating. Like you, sometimes you just don't feel that comfortable with a big man. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and he, he came up and started kind of talking to Leela and he's and uh, and I was cautious, but kind I think and he and I started talking and I like kept this the funny part of the story is that I kept trying to get an idea of him like is this guy homeless is this guy crazy okay no he's he seems he seems pretty with it but he did like a couple strange things like he said he said my son is two four and Kobe Bryant's number. Yeah, and then, and I was like, I don't know what that means. And he's like, Kobe Bryant's number. He was just two three. Michael Jordan's number. And I was like, oh, okay, he's twenty four. And he's like, he lives in MD, just a stone's throw away from the District of Columbia. And I was like, I wanted to be like, you abbreviated Maryland, but you said District of Columbia. <laughs> yeah. We're all saying DC over here, but we're also all saying Maryland, Maryland. over here. Um, so he was just kind of. A strange guy, but very kind and and ultimately harmless. And at the, it was so interesting because at the end of the conversation, he said, uh, kind of out of nowhere. I don't even think. Oh, we were talking about how Leela is very coordinated with her body, and he went, "Our bodies are incredible. They always heal, but they do it on their own time. You just have to be patient." And I just was like struck by how true that is because you've been feeling and how beautiful and and he he then told me about his his knee surgery that it was his experience that it took three years and eight days ago he he walked upstairs for the first time in three years yeah the knee is the emotional wound of the body yeah it's such a tender yeah yeah um and it's complicated there's a lot of parts working together tic-tac bones yeah (laughs) (laughs) So that later that day, I think that was the day I got um, kind of news that my family's going through something and I had a very strong reaction to it. And um, anyway, something was gave me like a little bit of a trauma trigger. And so I, you know, practicing what I preach, I went into the bedroom, I tucked my body into the bed, put a pillow on my body that like was hugging it and nurturing my body and having like a very big release, which is just like sobbing, but it feels, it feels really cathartic and good. Um, and then I, then I started to get more of like a fearful kind of darker response feeling. And, and there is a voice that my mind will, uh, project. (laughs) It seems like over the whole sound system of my, my being in those moments, that's like, see, we're not healing. Like, 
this is it's just always going to be this hard. You're not going to get better. Mm. And then it's just like he just like popped up the yep. vision of that mind that I had of that man who I had met like five hours before just popped up being like the body always heals. You just have to give it time. And it was like he was my angel in that moment. I was just going to say Richie helped me a lot of people and uh, it's fine like to believe in literal angels and, and that's there's no judgment here it's it's just something like crystals that hasn't completely grabbed me and being like yeah. naming angels and stuff but one of his explanations for angels because that sounds like an angel story mm-hmm. is just a, a way of recognizing the life force that's in everything yeah. everything and everyone right so you know everything is angelic in a certain way yeah. and because your seeing was clear and your heart was open you saw the angelic possibilities and the reason that would have been there but if you hadn't been that way that's right if, if nobody sees an angel is there an angel you know yeah and the reason that my seeing was clear and my heart was open was because the pain came in and bulldozed all yeah. of my walls up. and you were fragile and i was fragile yeah. i just jamie kilstein just did the podcast and and we were talking about the importance of letting your wounds show. Because, mm. um, and I don't know if this diagnosis is correct, but Jamie was like, he'd, he'd sort of um, click between two realities. One was the poetry scene, and one was the stand up scene. Mm. And when the stand up scene kicked his ass, he would go to the poetry scene. Mm. And I could totally see that being like, and that's what made all the difference. And now I'm the king of comedy. Like, it mm. totally could go that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't have it figured out. But just as a thought experiment, I was like, it's interesting because there were so many breakthrough moments in my stand-up career Mm. that came because uh, pathetic is not the right word. I was vulnerable and wounded and I showed it. Yeah. Meaning I told the story of going to the shark show and Nick Stevens was the host and I went like Willie Loam and hat in hand and Mm. it was like, I I can't get booked anywhere. Mm. I have no credits. I have nothing. I just need to get up. Uh, and I, I think I'll do a good job. I just just wow. asked, yeah. but I let him see my hollow eyes yeah. and my slumped shoulders. And and he, I don't think that's why. I think he's just a good guy. Yeah. But like, I have a lot of stories like that where because I didn't have anywhere to retreat to. Right. Again, I'm not saying it was Jamie's mistake, mm-hmm. but like, there's a value in going. I'm broken. Yes. And when you're broken. Sometimes, well, it lasts a long time. I was going weeks on end. Mm. I couldn't get shows. My club was closing, all these things. But the brokenness was actually what was mobilizing some of that growth. It was the fertilizer. Yeah. It's like you were saying, it's like, these are the apple cores and the worms and the shit that's in my soil that was actually helping me. So there's the clue. Everything is in nature. Shit makes life grow. Yeah, literally. That's so, it's I mean, it's right there for us. It's, it's The Zen Buddhists are right there. They're like mud and shit yeah. grows a lotus flower. Right. The most, I'm going to say it's in, the most enlightened, let's not, it's an enlightened plant, meaning it's so beautiful mm-hmm. for no reason. And in the worst, dankest, swampiest, smelliest place, wow. it grows as if to say, you know what? This too, not this. A field of if lotus flowers were like dandelions, yeah. And maybe in another world, the dandelion is the most beautiful flower. And here we're like, it's a weed. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, it's every every lesson we have to learn is in our bodies, 
and is in our environment. And that is the great gift. I used to think you had to have special access to one holy book, one holy tradition, and I believe those things are can be holy. Mm-hmm. But what what I know it is a liberal and free, open faucet, and the ego doesn't like that. So it builds builds walls and membership IDs. And it builds others. Yeah. Here's the second reading. And it's from a book called Polishing the Mirror. One of my favorite things when Ramdas is not a Franciscan priest, but here he is talking about polishing the mirror, cleaning your mirror mm-hmm. in an entire book. I recommend it. Um, so this is the second reading. Awareness is not a thing. We can label it, but it is not the words. Mm-hmm. You are loving awareness. So is Christ, so is Krishna, so is Buddha, so is Maharaji. They are loving awareness, and so are you. Loving awareness is one, one loving awareness. Each of us is a finger of the hand of universal awareness. Loving awareness is in everybody. Everybody is in loving awareness. Wars and disagreements, separate nations, those are the games we play. Yet we are loving awareness. We are individuals, but we're not. We are all God. You are an individual, but you are also part of the whole. Mm. You are loving awareness, and when you finally get to be loving awareness, just be loving awareness. Mm. So I spent so much of my life, you know, the What Would Jesus Do bracelet was such a phenomenon, trying to mimic an aspect of Jesus. Yeah. Meaning his behavior, which I would say is sort of, it, it's noble and good to want to be gentle and uh, moral and all these great things. I'm not poo-pooing those. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying there's a deeper game. Yeah. And the and the the conversion or the split or the awakening isn't just going. And now I have no problem. Uh, being nice, even when Taco Bell gets my order wrong, Mm -hmm. that might be the fruit, but the tree, the conversion of the tree is to realize the same. And this would have been blasphemy to me as a child, the same loving awareness that was playing the game of being Jesus of Nazareth Mm -hmm. or playing the game of being Buddha or Maharaji or Krishna. That is, that's your true identity as well. And Jesus from my reading is saying this as well. Yeah. That's why I've said this a million, but he's like, when you do, when you feed the needy, you're feeding me. Um, Okay. Well, if A equals B, (laughs) you know what I mean? The transitive property. So the needy is him. So that needy person is him. Yeah. It doesn't mean like pretend that's me. Yeah. It means means you can't feed something that wasn't me. He also says, you know, where were you when I asked you? And it's like, Lord, when did you ask me? He's like, this person asked you. Wow. He's like, you, you cast me out of your home. When did I cast you out of my home? When you cast that person? Oh, 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 oh. Okay. So yeah, you're everybody. (laughs) When did it become so Sedona new age to be like, it's one, it's one, it's one. Yeah. When, um, I don't know. Well, that's when it goes back to everything is just relationship your relationship to the table, your relationship to everything. That's why separation and loneliness feel so terrifying 
and horrible. And that's where all of our pain comes from is this idea of separateness because we know it's not true because deep in you, your true self knows like, I am not a separate thing. How could I be a separate thing? Right. How could I? I came from this. Even if you look at other people and, and think that they are truly other people outside of you. They are having the same exact experiences you are having. Mm. We don't have a large repertoire of feelings and emotions and experiences. That's right. We we sometimes do that where we're like, isn't it weird to think that like, um, what is, what is, I'm trying to think, it doesn't matter. A long, long, long time ago, mm-hmm. those people were also having dreams that their teeth fall out. Yeah. Absolutely. They were also having some equivalent of a dream that they went to some sort of caucus with their caucus showing. They went to school naked is what I'm saying. Yes. And they worried that they weren't being understood Mm -hmm. or they worried that they weren't going to be safe. Yeah. This is why your your thing, may all beings be safe, may all be all these things. That's loving kindness. It's not my thing, but I appreciate that. I mean, it's your thing in that you you practice that and, and, and I... I don't. I was just embarrassed to say that I don't. Because <laughs> okay. it's so weird to be like, I don't practice loving kindness. <laughs> well, it's not serving you right now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you can be loving and kind and not practice loving kindness. Absolutely. That's, that's why I think I prickle at that. But yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Oh, <laughs> hey, kidding. all right. Cool. We, we cool, can cool, if cool. we want. You want to look at Let questions? me see if there are any questions. I know this is. we just said we were going to do a whole episode of only questions, and then we instantly forgot. <laughs> So we're going to remember um, to do that because this is what happens as we look at questions at the 11th hour and um, and we don't have time to like answer these wonderful deep questions. Let's take a look. It's in a book. Everybody knows that you're dead. Wait, why am I opening that what were you opening? People mentioning me in the stories. Oh. oh, here we go. So I haven't read this. I'm reading it cold. Natalie York, following the good advice of sending the message on Thursday afternoon, mm. Pacific Standard Time. Mm-hmm. Ahoy, question for you and sweet Lady Val. Other than giving money and doing the podcast, thank you. What acts of service do you find most impactful and fulfilling? Do you have anything planned for a uh, special plan for Martin Luther King Day on Monday? Also, if you like music, it's sad and sometimes funny. Felt like I should talk with say I guess she's a music. Uh, yes. A musician. My last album cover artwork has pirates on it. Because mm-hmm. I'm always calling comedians pirates. <sighs> My music. So, Natalie York music. We should all check that out. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. I mean... It's it's sort of difficult because giving money and the podcasts are absolutely my Mount Rushmore of service is giving money, yeah, sending gifts, uh-huh. like getting things. Like I love giving things to yes. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like getting people out of jams is a is a pleasure of, of mine, a service pleasure. Mm-hmm. But when I'm going to bed at night and going, am I doing anything? I go, at least you're doing the podcast and and you you make people laugh. Um, I'm trying to think, though, if there are other things. Yeah, I mean, I would love to. And in fact, we were like, (laughs) I was just about to join the Unitarian Church um, 
here in LA who does like great service um, projects right before COVID hit. Um, so I would love to do more like community service in that way and definitely feel like it's so important for for Leela. And we do like toy drives and stuff during the holidays, but um, mostly it's serving the community, like uh, uh, like meaning our our specific right, you have a mindfulness direct. class. Yeah, that- so I have a mindfulness class with my like kind of inner circle and we just serve by showing up for each other and like being a safe space where we just really open up all of our pain uh and sh- and show our our shadow selves and, and it's accepted and loved and um and then we within that circle you know, the, everybody, people are always having babies and we cook food for them. And, um, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's definitely, I thought of one Yeah, that you gave me. Huh. So obviously a stressful time. I'm trying to get them to be a Pete's pick so I can, uh, get a promo code for you guys, but they're called PYM. Oh yeah. Mood, Mood shoes. shoes. Oh my gosh. They have them on Amazon, but, uh, I do recommend supporting them directly yeah. on, their, on their website. Yep. So search for PYM Mood Shoes. Um, I, I don't have the box with me, but I can tell you that it's, it's a vitamin that, uh, gives you your brain, either the hormones or whatever it might be. Uh, mm-hmm. forgive me for not knowing the name of the specific. It's, it's their, uh, sorry, I, I knew when I was just watching you. Flounder? <laughs> yeah. They're adaptogens. So adaptogens. They're, they're herbs that help, like basically help your brain adapt, help your brain to do what it naturally already would do it just kind of gives it a little wind in its sails. Right, it's stuff that your brain produces on its own, but it, it helps. And yeah. one is L tryptophan. L uh, well, there is L tryptophan, but that's not in there. Um, it's L theanine and like ro- rhodiola, and <laughs> that can't be how you pronounce that. Rhodiola and, and, and GABA. Um, All I'll say is that in combination with. Dandy blend tea. Dan, yeah. Which Dandelion I tea. fucking love. I know. But if you take a PYM chew, chew it for 20 seconds, that's important, or two, and then have some dandy blend tea, which is a caffeine free tea. I hate tea, or I don't really like tea. That tastes like coffee. Yeah, it's it's like instant coffee. It's a scoop of dark brown powder yeah. that you stir in hot water. Tastes like coffee, I swear. Mm -hmm. Helps me. I've been drinking way less coffee, which has been helping me with anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I take these chews. I take them at night. Usually I get anxious in the afternoon, so I'll take them after I eat lunch. Mm -hmm. Huge game changer. Yeah. So not I'm telling you guys about that, but when I felt that first equanimous... Equanimitous. Equanimitous sort of peaceful feeling... Um, not sedated, not like dull, but just like, why aren't I? Yeah. I immediately sent them to several family members. Yeah. And it's not global scale, big stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm like, this stuff has a trickle. I, I sent them to my brother and he was mm-hmm. like, you know, you doing this made me give this to this person. And I was like, this is some good telephone chain stuff where yeah. like goodness just begets more goodness. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... I think that we can always be showing up more. Um, that's just always true. But starting with your immediate friends and family and being living for them. And then also we are in constant service of 
Queen Leela, who really oh my god, is very demanding. <laughs> that's the answer. Yeah, I feel like one of the reasons I feel so fulfilled. And the quarantine is so difficult. And when I run into people, I want to give them like at the supermarket, give them like a 30 second update Mm. is I always just say having a baby is the great gift of the quarantine, especially this age, Mm. because she doesn't know what she's missing. But you wake up with purpose. I have to get up because Leela. Yeah. (laughs) Just like the presidency should be seen as a service position. Parenting is also a service position. (laughs) Here's one. Do you have one? Uh, I I was trying to read it, but then I realized I wasn't listening. This is Brett Solo. That's a cool name. He thought I should na- name my next book, You Made It Wisdom. That's a cool name. Oh, I love that. That's a great idea. Um, he says, thank you for... Uh, well, I'll skip the nice... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he says, I hope one day there'll be a You Made It Wisdom retreat and a post Like a, a retreat. That'd be fun. Yeah. As we're doing this, I'm like, great. it would be fun to like sit with you and, and talk with people live. I love that idea. Thank He's, you. He says, how often do you think you have been guided by the inner voice of higher self? Do you have a sense of telling the difference between that voice and the voice of the ego? Mm, I mean, it's a constant practice, I would say. Oh, for sure. (laughs) I'm like, I can't be, no, I can't be sure. (laughs) Yes, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, at any given moment, I can't be sure. Um, What is the bird talker lyric? There's one where it's like, tell me again how you talk to God. And how can you be sure it's not your own mind disguised as something divine? Disguised as something something absolute. absolute. So good. And I'm like, oh my God, bird talkers. The bird talkers going to do the podcast. It's our, it's in the schedule. They also, I was going to mention their song free, like a broken heart. Cause that was like what you were saying about being desperate and moving. It's, there's a freedom in like, I'm, I'm completely broken now. Brokenness is not an error and it's not an embarrassment. And and it's helpful when you're suffering to be like, I don't think I, I am an error. That's right. And just if you zoom out a little bit, you can see this can't be an error because it's what is happening. Mm-hmm. And this is another one. This is kind of not related, but I just want to share it before I f- don't. That's especially applicable with doubt, by the way. Mm. When it's like, oh, my doubt, it's an error. It's like, I don't think so. Why? Because it's happening. Yeah, exactly. Like, have some respect for the neighborhood. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But also that your your design, your brain and body and spirit, the design of you is not broken or wrong because you're having an uncomfortable feeling. And that's what Jennifer, my therapist, was like, Two things that I actually kind of use as mantras now when I wake up in the morning is there is no feeling or I'm, I'm bigger than any feeling that could move through me because mm. of course I am. If you're the host, yeah. <laughs> if you're the host. Yeah. And That's like the earth saying like, I'm bigger than any airplane in my sky. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And... There is no feeling that I could have that my system isn't designed to process. Because it made it. Because it made it. How could it? Right. It's like there's nothing in my restaurant that's poison because the kitchen is is made of me. Yeah. I can't make a poisonous dish. I do want to point out that there's certain 
mental conditions that require treatment and, and medication. Absolutely. I just want to say that depression is a disease and it needs to be treated. Absolutely. Um, we're talking you, about... You can have help and, and all of that, but it's not... And, and even trauma is like, you don't want to swallow the whole whale. You want to like take little rides right. on the whale first yeah, uh, or pet the whale. Um, but ultimately it's like your your system was designed for this stuff just trusting that i love that all i would say uh brett 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 solo mm. is that when there is a crossroads and you want to really think about it i would recommend like thinking really hard using your mind using your ego or whatever you want to call it and not sugarcoating it and just being like i am using my faculty as a human, as a discerning human being to consider this choice, Mm -hmm. should I do this or should I do that? And then the, the step that's really special is, is sitting with it, like meditating on it, literally thinking of nothing. Yeah. And this is a way of, you know, getting the still quiet voice involved. Mm -hmm. I also ask my gut a lot. I was going to say, I I literally will say, should I do that? And And sometimes it yells at me. Although I don't, I don't think that voice is divine. I think it's informed by whatever divine is passing through me. But I, if I had the the gold phone that I could just know what to do, yeah, I'm in it with you, buddy. I mean, we also. This is not going to surprise you that that. And thank you so much to the fan who sent us the whole top down, bottom up thing, like that Pete processes trauma and things from oh, his yeah. brain and then that settles that trickles down into forgive his forgive me that was an instagram message I, I don't know who you are but thank you we really have been using that that was such a helpful framework she was like i work in trauma and he was like pete is top down val is bottom up and we were like oh my god yes so this this is exemplified and like pete just told you to think about it really hard noticing that it's your ego which is so great and then sitting with it what i would do and it just depends on what works for you is when I have when I'm at a crossroads and have to make a decision, I I go first to dropping down into my body through meditation, and then try on every possibility and see how my body receives it. How does it feel in in my gut or in my body? I don't really believe that your body lies to you. I think our minds do, um, but I I. I think trust your gut is very sage advice. Um, And then also give yourself compassion that you're not going to get it right every time. The ego, be careful because the ego will come at you uh, from, like, like you said, in the back door by trying to control the experience. Like, well, this is my higher self. I know it and I'm certain and it's saying this and, and it's just usually it's, it's, like in the Bible, it's like a still soft voice. That's the it's, Quakers. Yeah, I mean, this it is, is Bible. the Bible, but yeah. they they made a whole uh, thing on it. Yeah, it, um, and then you'll you know, it's practice. It's so that you'll get more familiar with the different feel of each voice, and you'll get it wrong sometimes, and that's totally part yeah. of it. Riley McFarland said. Hey, man, I know you have trouble staying present whilst, whilst, nice, Riley, <laughs> brushing your teeth, but maybe try feeling your teeth being brushed. 
working for me tonight. Love you. I think that's so nice. Yeah. I have to say, going through my messages is not a cat. Like, I have to be in a very specific, steeled mood. Because, mm. like, so many people are like, I'm struggling with my faith and uh-huh. and this. And I'm, I'm just, I, I wish I could reply to all of them. Um, but I always just want to tell them, like, li- listen to this. I wish, I, I don't know. I wish more people knew about that. I, I Instagram about it. Knew more uh, more about about what? the podcast. Oh yeah, uh huh. I don't know. I, I'm not finding any questions. I feel like we've done a lot. Yeah. I want to get out of here. Yeah. I want to have my date. Let's have our date. I want to have a date with you. I want to. I want to date you so hard. <laughs> that was the bit. We'll end on a bit. I, I have this bit where I was like, I I want to do. Uh, you know, back when we're back, but I've been doing it on Mike Birbiglia's Zoom shows, which have been fun. He's doing one on Valentine's Day that I think Val and I are going to do together. Oh, you haven't told me that. That's cool. <laughs> I really, I, it's not lost on me what fun it is that I don't really have to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> like that I can just, just flow in with life. Just man. flow, man. You're like, you're like leaf. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we might do that together if you're available. I'm assuming you're available. I do have about 10 dates on Valentine's Day planned, but I'll see if I can squeeze you in. Oh, begah. (laughs) Um, what was I saying? Um, you're going to end on Oh, the bit. When you're dating or, you know, in the single scene and you have sex, you have to do like your cool orgasm sound. Oh my god! So yeah, you have to. You do like an orgasm, like like when I've had orgasms on TV. That's your fake orgasm. Even yeah. no matter how hard I try, I can't do the real. And even when we were first dating, you're gonna get like a mm, ah, like something like that. Yeah. But now that we've been together for so long, you're getting the real like. It's we not, laugh. I was going to say, it's not uncommon for us to laugh at your orgasm. We, we laugh every time, and that's a high compliment. It's I like in, it. I, I heard in Japan, you leave a little food on the plate for the chef. I don't know if that's true, but my <laughs> unfiltered, pure, you stole my lucky charms, it's, I couldn't do it. That's my point. Yeah. And that's I know. Makes, you, you've never made any other kind of sound like it. It's only, they're like, oh, he's having sex. Go deep into the archives to find that noise. <laughs> but it's so fun to go like, not only can I make that sound, and not, but we can laugh. Yeah. And even in my most vulnerable, drained state. Yeah. I know that you love me and I'm safe and we can laugh at it together. Yeah, sometimes it's my favorite part. I mean, <laughs> it's it's not my unfavorite part. Yeah. I love that. I also have a bit about, a, I mean, not a, like a bit, but I... I was to, happy that you said you have a bit. <laughs> yeah, bit. I, I was telling somebody the other day, uh, and this is like, you know, this is both of us, so please don't take this like it's just you. But I'm like, when you have a toddler in a pandemic, sex becomes like, if we didn't have this toddler, oh my God, I'd be having sex with you. That's for sure. <laughs> well, that's why I like sex when you have a toddler is saying, yeah, I, I would wish... have sex with you right now. Yeah, exactly. And that like, so, that's as close as you get most, most days. And like, there has to be a separate scoreboard. I don't mean scoreboard for your ego. I mean, you want a healthy sex life. You want to have that be 
a part of the dimensionality of your relationship, of course, uh-huh. not just for the pleasure of it, but for the connection of it. Mm-hmm. And you have to be like, it, it would happen now. Yeah. This it, is, this is one of those times where we would be having sex if our life was completely different. Yeah. I think we <laughs> almost had sex today. Did we? You don't remember? Oh yeah, we and, did. And then Lee, I heard Lee in the other room and she was watching a cartoon and she was just being so cute. I could hear her like singing with the cartoon. Yeah, she well, and I hadn't seen her yet today. Like I had just woken up and she I just heard her little voice and I went, Oh, she's so cute. And then like you are just not in a place to have sex in that moment. Well, it's sort of like stand ups are like stand up is stand up, it's the it's the purest good thing. And then when I started doing acting, I was like, You can get the same charge. Meaning Loving awareness is one, Mm. love is one, Mm -hmm. mourning is one, pain is one, ecstasy, knowledge, wisdom, these things are one. So like, we didn't have sexual intercourse, but then when the three of us like huddle under a blanket, she's in this phase where she loves hiding under blankets Mm -hmm. and we play like, oh, you gotta be quiet or the dog's going to hear us or whatever. Uh, There's nothing, of course... Sexual, it's not the same, but it's yeah. love. Yeah, it's and intimacy. It's, it's intimacy, it's love, it's, and, and we're very affectionate. Yeah. And there's a lot of love. And I'm not saying it's the same, it's not a substitute, but I'm saying there's no deficit there. Yeah, I mean, I think that there is, like, it is important to remember that we are a couple outside of her. Like, we have our own thing going on. And that we are adults and that we are virile and, like, sexual beings. And those things are very specific to kind of, I won't say just, like, specifically sex, but, like, sensual erotic experiences. But I remember our doula saying when we were doing, like, the pre-interview, so I was still pregnant, she's like, you know, I think people people's idea of sex is so limited to this one thing. Mm. So she's like, especially in the months after having a baby, if you can just widen your idea of sex, like to like kissing in the kitchen or like holding hands while we were watching a show like we did yesterday or just like while we were watching uncle Frank, which by the way, Sorry, baby. No. That was a beautiful point. Or like wanna... interrupting me on our podcast. Oh my god! <laughs> this is all sex. That's like that's like kinky sex. Yeah, yeah. interrupt me. <laughs> interrupt me. Um, I just want to say, watch Uncle Frank. It'll it'll oh. inform the Paul Bettany interview. I also want to say, watch other people because Chris Kelly did the podcast yeah, as well. Both movies are so good. Bring a bag of tissues, a bag, <laughs> <laughs> and they're both great. But it, it'll help. Your enjoyment if you've seen those movies. Yeah, and they're just really great movies. They're also just great movies. Yeah. All right, that's enough of that. Sex is everything, I think, was the end of your point. Yeah, just like there there are, especially... Okay, I mean, we're out of time. <laughs> I'm talking to so many people who are like, I have no libido because of this pandemic. And it's like, yeah, your body thinks it's in mortal danger. And it's getting no novelty, so there's no virility uh, or like vivaciousness. Yeah, it makes all those rituals of getting dressed up and going to dinner make so much more sense now. Yes. It's so, like playing grown-ups so you can have grown-up sex. Yeah. So just like have compassion with yourself and uh, 
and it won't always be this way. And like we get, you know, we have sex. Not like we don't have sex. <laughs> Where does the sound go? Where does it come from? Where just does it like go? your thoughts, it comes from nothing and it goes back to nothing. Let's listen as it goes back to nothing. That's a good poem. Yeah. All right, mofos. Keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. You sounded like Jane Lynch. Oh my God!